What's up, guys? Welcome back. Coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. Your host, David Chandra. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. We have a brand new episode today, continuing on with the residents and attendings. We have brand new attendings today, Dr. Pratt and Dr. Rizante, and they work in the Cleveland, Ohio area. So, guys, introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Christina Pratt. I am a practicing uh, foot and ankle surgeon here in Cleveland. Um, I teach full-time for Kent State University College of Podiatric Medicine um, in the podiatric and general medicine department. Um, so I teach mostly second year and third year students um, and then work in the clinics. I am also in private practice employed by my husband. Um, so that's CLE specialist in Parma, Ohio. And I'm Mark Rosante. I follow a very similar path as uh, Chrissy, Chrissy here. Um, I teach in the biomechanics and surgery department at the uh, Kent State College of Podiatric Medicine and work in the clinics there as well. And then I am one of the co-founders of Cleveland Lower Extremity Specialists uh, in Parma uh, and now Fairview Park, Ohio as well. That's awesome. Thank you guys for coming on and uh, being able to be on this podcast at sole purpose. And it's a pleasure to have both of you on. I'm, I know I'm a student at Kent State and I've seen you guys as professors and now working with you guys in clinic as well. It's been a wonderful experience and you guys are great to us as students and I've, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from you guys. So it's a pleasure to have you on and tell us a little bit about how you guys started in podiatry, where your love for, for podiatry started and, and tell us a little bit about the background and where you guys uh, were in the past and where you guys are now. Yeah, I guess I'll start the story off. Uh, well, we, we weren't too far from here. Uh, we started down the road at John Carroll University. Okay. Um, so we have kind of started this journey together along the whole way. Uh, we met in freshman year chemistry class in Gen awesome. Chem and uh, have kind of gone through this whole process first at John Carroll um, and then at Case Western. So we spent a, a year doing a master's program in medical ethics at Case Western. Um, and it was during that time that it was not me that discovered podiatry, but it was Dr. Rosante and his uh, partner. Yeah, so we decided um, that this is what we want to get into because we had to spend about 80 hours each semester as part of the bioethics program um, observing different professions and then writing up cases based off of the encounters the physicians had with the patients. Um, and we found that the podiatrists that we spent time with seemed to have a great quality of life. They had a good variety. It wasn't just the same you know, similar pathology coming in all the time. Um, so we decided it was a good idea for us to get into. Um, but we split ways then. He decided to go to what was the Ohio College of Podiatric Medicine in Cleveland. Um, and I decided to change of scenery after spending my whole life in Cleveland and went out to uh, California School of Podiatric Medicine out in uh, Oakland, California at Samuel Merritt. Awesome. Yeah. I know both of you guys went to uh, CSPM, correct? We did. How was that experience out of CSPM? I know it's completely different than Cleveland, Ohio. So tell us a little bit about your time out in California and kind of what brought you back to Cleveland. Yeah, well, obviously, San Francisco and Cleveland are two very different cities, but also uh, Kent State and CSPM are two very different schools, um, both great in their own respects. Um, so 
us now getting to be a part of faculty here at KSUCPM gives us sort of this unique perspective, having not had the training coming from KSUCPM. Um, so our time at CSPM uh, started out a little bit different just because it's an integrated health profession school, whereas at Kent, um, we are kind of in our own in our own bubble, so to speak. Um, so we were on a campus out there around other health profession students, which was great. Um, and we had a really, really small class. I think that I ended up graduating with somewhere around, I don't know, 36, 38, and started with maybe around 50 in my class and probably similar for you. Yeah, we were under 40 that we graduated for sure. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, very, very tight knit classes for the most part. Our clinical groups uh, versus groups of 12 here um, or somewhere around that size were groups of three mm -hmm. or groups of four. Um, and, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in clinical rotation starting from our second year. Um, so the way that we split clinic and class time was a little bit different and uh, the driving situation out there was pretty extensive too. So uh, we had classmates that lived all around the Bay, Alameda, Oakland, San Francisco, um, up north even, some people lived up even close to Vallejo um, mm -hmm. and would commute. Um, and then people that lived all the way down in the South Bay around Silicon Valley. So. Um, it was it was a kind of widespread as far as all of the clinical locations we would go to and cover as well. Um, but it made it fun. It was an amazing four years for us getting to just experience the culture of the Bay Area. Um, but uh, we started out in John Carroll the same year. We were the same year, obviously, then when we went to our master's program. Um, and then I said he was crazy to go to podiatry <laughs> school. Yeah. I said, that's gross. Those are feet. That's disgusting. Have fun. Yeah. Um, and I said, I'm going to start paying off all of these student loans that we've already racked up. So I thought I was going to continue working for the rest of my life. I was determined to be on one of these clinical bioethics teams at a large hospital facility like clinic. Um, I really, really loved our master's program. I loved these ethical discussions that we would get into rotating on some of these uh, big bioethics teams and these big bioethics cases that would come up at, at these hospitals. And uh, I was determined to do that. Um, I think it took me a little while to realize that those job positions don't come up all that often. Um, and once people get one of those positions, they usually stay on that for the remainder of their career. Um, and I also had a, a long time significant other that was moving out to San Francisco for podiatry school. So I had to yeah. figure something out on the fly. So uh, I ended up actually getting a job in Silicon Valley and I worked in inside pharmaceutical sales for a year. Um, I absolutely hated it. Yeah. I was terrible at it. I was a horrible salesperson. I had just finished a, a degree in medical ethics. And here I am calling up physicians, trying to get them on the phone with me for five seconds <laughs> to peddle some product that they probably didn't need anyways. Um, and so I had a really hard time mentally with that um, and what I was going to do and how I was going to continue doing something like that potentially indefinitely. Um, and uh, saw sort of what a great time he was having up in the North Bay um, starting podiatry school and all of the cool stuff he would come home and talk about on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, it really took a strong push, I think, for him to tell me just to give it a try. I had yeah. already done all the same prereqs and uh, it was a decent push to get me, I think, to uh, 
go back to school, take out more loans, um, and give this thing a go that I initially didn't think I was interested at all in. But uh, here we are, and I'm yeah. glad I did. Yeah. yeah, I spent a good first year out there trying to convince her. You know, when when you finally find your end goal after going through all these medical schools and prerequisites and everything, um, getting to podiatry school, for me, it just clicked, and it classes seemed easier and just seemed more enjoyable because you knew you were that much closer to the end compared to undergraduate and master's degree. So I've really tried to convince her for a while and even threw in the bribery of a puppy along the way. <laughs> yeah, so, The puppy worked. Yeah, yeah. I think it did it. One way or the other, you have to convince her, right, Dr. Rosante? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> bribery probably would have kept going, but she took the first one. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, and I'm glad that you both, you know, ended out in California in the Bay Area and it was successful. Your four years out there were probably an experience that you probably never regret the decision that you made, Dr. Pratt, to go there even though you wanted to pay off the, those loans, I'm pretty sure that uh, it was worth the while, worth the time that you guys spent out there. So kind of going back to what you were saying, Dr. Rosante, uh, when you were mentioning your bioethics class and your uh, course that you were taking at John Carroll, what was it about, I know you mentioned that it was a lifestyle about the podiatrist that kind of attracted you, that kind of lured you in. Was there anything else that you kind of uh, liked about the field of podiatry? Or was it more so after you got into school that you, appreciated what a podiatrist really does yeah i think the latter part is definitely it i mean we all have an idea of what podiatry does based off of reading everything and you know usually we have some kind of mentor we do some shadowing with one or maybe two podiatrists um, before school but it's really not until you get into midway through school and start getting into clinics and watching some surgeries and taking care of sick patients that really understand the whole vast you know uh availability of different niches you can have within the podiatry profession and keeping that variety available, I think it's, it's a very important thing, at least for my preferences. Um, but it's really hard to understand fully until you go through it all. And then even in residency too, I mean, you don't, as a student, you get to see everything and you get to go home for the day, but then as a resident, you have to have the pager and you get all the phone calls at night and you understand that the cool four hour long case you just did involves hours and hours of post-op care and phone calls and paperwork so you still keep learning and we're learning now more too i mean even on the side of teaching yeah. and running a business i mean it's mm -hmm. ever everlasting education on our end yeah i mean going back to getting into podiatry in the first place the bummer about what we went through was that no one in our undergrad talked about it told us about it um we really had no exposure to it uh, throughout our, our undergrad years at John Carroll. And uh, I think that's a huge missed opportunity for any university not to be exposing students to or talking about. Um, I, I see that changing now because both of us actually go back and now speak every year at John Carroll mm -hmm. to a pre-health professions class, which I think is amazing, uh, which did not exist, unfortunately, back when we were there. Um, but I mean, we really didn't know anything about it at yeah. all and that's you know that's what is so cool about what we're doing talking to you right now because you're you're putting this out there and this is exactly what somebody who is thinking about going into a profession like this needs are just some some real words and some real conversations about what it looks like definitely yeah no i mean i think even nowadays too it's getting a lot better than what it was maybe in the past but i think even now there's there's still a need where the word needs to get around about what podiatry entails and what podiatrists do and what podiatry school is all about because a lot of people are not sure what it is how it is how you get in and 
I think that doing this podcast has really kind of helped me reach out to others, but also helped me learn where podiatry is in the in the community as a whole. And you guys as attendings have really been uh, a, a big part in instilling that kind of, hey, this is what the field entails and this is what you guys have to look forward to in the coming years once you're out of school. And it's been really helpful for us as well too as students to be able to learn from you guys and other attendings that are at Kent State and even on externships now on, in fourth year. As a fourth year, it's been really helpful to be able to see what it is outside of school and the book work and all that stuff. You know, at times it's difficult and it's hard, but once you step out and you're in the clinical field, it, it definitely makes a big difference. And you and you kind of are content and satisfied and happy that you've made the decision that you made into. So it kind of goes back to what Dr. Rosante was talking about, how you have the interest to get into the field. But at the end of the day, after you get into the field, you really realize like what the field is about. And that kind of uh, that kind of justifies the, the decision you made and the career choice you ended up going into. So after you guys finished your uh, podiatry school out in uh, the Bay Area, what kind of what brought you back to the uh, Northeast Ohio area? I know you guys started here at John Carroll. It, was it that or was this something about this area that you guys guys wanted to give back to? Well, our family is from Northeast Ohio. Okay. And, you know, anytime you go away for a little bit, you come become a little bit homesick and <laughs> Um, I have five younger brothers and wow. they were still quite young at that time, you know, yeah. um, the youngest yeah. is probably still in middle school. Yeah, maybe? probably something like that. Yeah. If yeah. John's ever listening to this, yeah. I don't know how old you were then. Yeah. Sorry, John, we don't know how old you are, but I, it's, it's hard because you miss every baseball game. You miss every family event. Um, if, if you, if we were to have stayed out there for residency, and I mean, we would have been just as fortunate to, to stay out there for residency as we were coming home. But I mean, it was a decision that uh, we, that was hard because you, like I said, we had a, a class that was very small mm -hmm. and some of both of our best friends are still our classmates from podiatry school. And all of those people are, are pretty much West coast people. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really hard developing all those relationships and those bonds and watching them stay out there, know that they're staying for residency and staying for, for the foreseeable future. And then uh, we kind of pack it all up and head back to Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but we also knew that there were really good training opportunities here too. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, family means a heck of a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I feel horrible when I see students sometimes say that they're, you know, they're afraid to say they want to be at a program or be at a place because it's the location they want to be. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. We both did that. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of goes back to my decision of coming to Kent State. I'm, I'm from Michigan. I'm from the Metro Detroit area. So being at Kent State was only two and a half hours away from me. And there was being close to family that really allowed me to come out here. And I think that it's a family does play a big role. And I know a lot of friends that when they have decided where they wanted to go for externships or even residency, um, they've always put both things into picture, whether it was the right fit for them at that hospital. And on top of that, if family was something they wanted to be close to, and if that was important to them, you know, that was something that was also very key and a, and a huge difference maker in their decision to where they ended up for residency and things of that nature. So that's awesome that you guys came back because it definitely made a big difference for us 
at Kent State because uh, I mean, I'm know in the previous classes that before you guys came, they weren't able to see um, certain aspects of uh, the new contemporary uh, medicine or podiatric medicine that we're able to see as students because you guys are the ones that just recently graduated from residency and it's really good to be able to see that aspect of it. So tell us, tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about why you guys chose to go into academia and work at Kent State and what brought you really into that realm of work as well too. Well, this is sort of partway on our journey of our continual bounce back and forth between Ohio and California. So we came home for residency for three years, um, but we didn't stay in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a little pit stop teaching back out at uh, CSPM out in California. Yeah. So it was um, getting, looking at jobs after residency is an incredibly uh, variable process for everybody. It's something that you, uh, I'd say most of our friends that we have don't have their first job out of residency. It's very stressful at the time and you try to find it. And, you know, I was a year ahead, so I'd had a very hard time finding exactly what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. when this opportunity came up out in California to teach, um, it was a difficult decision, but um, we went out there and then Dr. Pratt came the year afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll brag on Dr. Ramon to be a minute. <laughs> I mean, he, he has always been a fantastic teacher. And I think that comes partly from having five younger brothers and constantly being a teacher for them his whole life and mm-hmm. coaching every single age of baseball you can possibly imagine. And so he's always just been naturally good at teaching. And he was the same when we were students at CSPM. Um, and I mean, I even got to see a lot of that because I was, I ended up starting a year later. So I ended up a year behind in school. And so just watching him and his close friends in podiatry school teaching, constantly teaching, you know, underclassmen, um, at, you know, and he was the president the entire time of this mm-hmm. class that wow. he was out there. Um, and so all of the faculty knew him well and mm-hmm. all of the students knew him well for all of that effort that he put in and all of the teaching that he did. And so, you know, I think when, when they heard that he would even be remotely interested in coming back out to the Bay Area to take a teaching position back at, at our alma mater, um, that was a chance that I think they jumped at mm-hmm. um, at CSPM. And so that was a hard call for both of us to make because I still had a year of residency left. Mm-hmm. We had already done one year cross country when he first moved back to Cleveland for residency at the beginning. And I was still finishing my fourth year in California. Mm-hmm. So we'd already gone through that year and uh, we had fully intended to stay, uh, stay home and stay in Cleveland. And I was pretty much dead set on staying involved with Cleveland Clinic. I loved my residency training at the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a strong desire to be there. But uh, this was an opportunity for him that I knew we couldn't say no to. So uh, tears flowed again with the family as we said, we're going to pack up a second time and I'll book it back out to the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity to be out there. Um, and then our natural desire to move back and forth. The Bay Area became very expensive, much more expensive than we started out there mm-hmm. in what, like 2008, 2009. So with the increased cost of living and then the possibility of doing something back in Ohio, we decided to make a move again. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that 
I think the point of the point of all of this, you know, I think some people look at our journey and say, well, they clearly don't know what they want. They just continue bouncing around um, and, uh, you know, moving around with with jobs or with positions. I think it's sort of in our heads anyways, I think it's the opposite. I think it's saying yes to every single good opportunity that comes up um, because we've watched a lot of people a lot of the time say no, or oh, I'm comfortable, that's okay, I'm gonna pass because I'm okay with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not good, it's not great, but it's not bad, so I'll keep doing it. Um, and I think we both constantly pushed each other to just say yes to everything. Um, and continue to take advantage of opportunity if it's even a little bit better to just take the risk on it. Um, And so I think that's what we've continuously tried to do. And granted, it's brought us back and forth across the country a few times, but, (laughs) you know, heck, it is what it is. Yeah, it's very important to keep pushing yourself and not to settle for anything. And moving back here to teach at Kent was even a greater opportunity because we both like teaching. We both could be home, be at a state institution here, and... It also gave the opportunity for us to join back up with uh, Dr. Clarity, and he and I started our own private practice here, which was a nice little side project. Yeah. I not know that it was even a side project. I mean, yeah. it was the main project. Sure, it was the main <laughs> yeah. project until yeah. I got my job. And now it's, yes. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's, yeah. a, I, I think it's great advice for uh, students that are in school and even residents that are going through uh, their first year, second year, and third year of residency to never – to never say no, you know, take up the next opportunity, take up the best opportunity that's out there. And if there's an opportunity that's presented to you, take advantage of it and, you know, use it for your benefit and be able to help the others. And I think that's something that, you know, I never knew about you guys uh, as a student, but it's, it's, this is a different platform. This is something new and being able to hear that from you guys is definitely motivational. And I think that's something that uh, every student, every resident, or even uh, practicing physicians should definitely keep in mind because uh, you don't want to ever settle. You don't want to ever become too comfortable because you always want to give back, make a difference and be an example in the community that you're in and in uh, the people that are watching you and especially to your patients that you're taking care of. So tell us a little bit about your experiences during residency and how that shaped you into becoming the physicians you are today. I know you guys talked about your foundation where you came from, where your teaching nature came from, Dr. Rosante, and, and things of that nature. But tell us what you learned during residency that kind of said, hey, you know, this is what I wanted to go into when I practice on my own or practice in a group or practice with others. And tell us a little bit about that and share your insights of your residency experiences. I'll go first since I started residency first. We'll go in that order. Um, <laughs> Coming back from California, for everybody else who out there is trying to find out what residency fits for them, we all know it's a very stressful process. And looking to move back home from California, you know, you have a a little book to look through with all the standard questions that residency programs have listed to learn a little bit more about them and maybe you can talk to some students. But it's very hard to just pick these programs out of nowhere and go off of uh, people's word of mouth because, you know, you're your attitude is going to be different than somebody else's and you want an environment that may be different from your friends or maybe the same. Uh, but Dr. Clardy, you know, I contacted him as we've been staying in touch, obviously. And he said, he's going to St. Vincent. That's where he wanted to be. So I said, all right, you know, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And as, he as he's calling right now, right he's now. hearing me. <laughs> uh, so it was nice to have with the two of us were one of like 
I think maybe 10 to 15 chemistry major graduates at John Carroll. So we were in all classes together there. And it was nice to do residency with one of your really, really good friends or best friends. And it kind of didn't really matter where we would have been because if you have somebody that you're a good friend with, you're going to push each other throughout residency and you can make the most of everything. Um, there's students, there's great students that go to great programs and you know, people can go in different directions where you actually have the mindset to push yourself throughout residency, or you can coast because you got into a good program and you're going to ride on the name. You know, there's always people that take turns in residency for the better or worse. And having someone to push me was really important um, to keep education, you know, going. He created some more academic activities and I, I really liked have you know, going to a program with somebody that you have a great relationship with. So mine is heavily weighted, you know, weighted on having him there. Yeah. Because uh, we were at one hospital every day, all the time, for the most part. So you really need to get along with you, with your fellow residents. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Dr. Pratt's was much different as far as location and coverage and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the styles of our residency uh, training between the two of us was really, really different. So um, Dr. Zante did a lot more inpatient management and uh, spent a majority of time all at one facility. Um, and uh, we can bring in Dr. Flaherty for a guest question here. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, you know, it was, uh, it was very different than mine because mine was probably somewhere around 25 to 28 different attendings. And I drove all around Northeast Ohio, different place every single day. And I did not do as much inpatient management. Um, but there are advantages to that. And I think one of the advantages was I got the, the sort of bird's eye view of all of these surgeries with all of these different surgeons, the good stuff, the bad stuff. Um, and I think that gave me a good perspective surgically anyways. Um, whereas Dr. Rosante and Dr. Flaherty um, trained with fewer attendings, mm -hmm. um, but you get to know those attendings then really well, and you get to know their styles really well, and that mentorship bond can become stronger um, than it can maybe when you're bouncing around every day or every half day like I was. Um, but advantages yeah. and disadvantages to both. Seeing, treating patients who are at more of an inner city population too, it allows you to really be comfortable afterwards with complications because once you're out on your own you know if you don't have anybody other than maybe a friend to help you out and if you're comfortable with complications you know you hope that all of your surgeries go well which is wonderful but they but, won't right <laughs> yeah. that good surgeon quickly. bad surgeon they won't yeah yeah and you just want to be comfortable with you know plan b c d etc yeah and i guess that was something that i wasn't um to be completely honest i I came out of residency and my first few complications I was terrified of because I didn't see that as mm -hmm. much. I would, you know, I would go into a case and be a part of the surgery and then I would never see follow up on that patient because I was covering somebody different every day. Yeah. Um, whereas they got the, the advantage of seeing the patient all the way through because they were at the same facility continuously. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big difference that I've noticed even in the couple externships that I went to is that some programs you work with a lot of attendings, you get to uh, get insight from them, but maybe the follow-up is not always there when you're doing residency. And then when you step out, you know, you, you learn on, on your own. Whereas some of the smaller programs, you end up 
working with those attending so closely and you see them pre-op, during surgery, post-op, and you get to see them from the beginning to the end and you understand the complications, you understand the difficulties that you might go through when you're doing surgery. And I think that's very uh, important for uh, students that are going through externships or even deciding where to go to residency, uh, the, the decision-making process for sure. So I think that's definitely uh, two very different uh, perspectives, but I think both that really help uh, students in learning and students in understanding how it, it, it is and how uh, it works during your uh, residency years. So thank you guys for sharing that part and sharing a little bit about your past, a little bit about why you guys went into the academic field, why you guys decided to come back to Cleveland and kind of the bouncing around. But all in all, it worked out. It was great. you know. And I think that I would say that unanimously, us as students at Kent State appreciate you guys. And, and I, I hope you guys enjoyed the time that you spent here and your ende future endeavors in your uh, clinical work during with the CLE specialists, which we'll get into the next segment. We'll talk about specifically a little bit about your endeavors into that and maybe get Dr. Clarity on here as well as a as one of those guest speak guest speakers on here and maybe he can answer a couple of questions as well because he, oh we got him he's on standby <laughs> yeah because he played a he played a crucial role in Dr. Rizante uh um and in his journey through podiatry as well too so well, he plays a crucial role in Dr. Rizante's life in general <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'm just finding that out so we'll definitely uh we'll definitely delve into that during the next segment but Thank you guys so much for joining this episode and I hope you and listeners enjoyed this episode and learned a lot from this episode and take away something for yourselves as well. So we'll see you guys on the next segment. Thank you guys for joining this episode.